Hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of the Black Girl Finance Podcast. We are the community of unapologetic, ambitious, money-minded women. I am Selena, I am your host and today we have an extra special guest in my opinion. Her name is Davinia Tomlinson and she is the founder of Raincheck and Raincheck Academy. And Raincheck is a place where women can build long-term financial resilience and wealth and she does this through connecting women to financial advisors. So her platform is amazing. If you don't follow Raincheck already, do check her out. It's R-A-I-N-C-H-Q, Raincheck. And I'm gonna let Davinia um, introduce herself. Before I bring in Davinia, if you are enjoying the Black Girl Finance podcast, make sure you like and subscribe and share it, okay? We need all of your support. We appreciate your support, but make sure you like, subscribe and share. Okay, back to Davinia. Hi, Davinia. I hope that you are well. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. I'm over the moon that you can come on. I'm a huge fan of Rain Check. So can you explain to our listeners, if they don't already know, although chances are they already know, firstly, just a bit about yourself, and secondly, what Raincheck is? Hi, Selena. Thank you so much. Happily, I'd be happy to do that. Um, so as you have outlined, I'm Davinia, and I'm the founder of Raincheck. And Raincheck is a business that I set up three years ago now, specifically to help women take control of their financial futures. Um, my background is in the investment management industry. And so I remember starting my career very early on in recognising that not only did women um, not seem to be particularly well represented in having a seat at the table when it came to um, decision-making power within the financial services industry, but also when I looked across the client base, you know, when you look at, you know, when I looked at all of the data surrounding, you know, assets under management, and if you consider that the investment industry manages trillions of dollars of assets under management on behalf of investors worldwide, the proportion managed on behalf of female investors was negligible. Um, and I remember that really that really stuck with me even at 22. So fast forward several years later, and you know, when I was thinking, conceiving of the idea for Raincheck, it almost it the idea almost birthed itself in that I knew that there was a problem or a challenge that I really wanted to tackle. Um, and you know, I, I feel like you know, my background and everything, it was really important to me to do something that was specifically um, designed to help women. So that's really where it comes from. Wow, amazing, amazing. Um, no, I mean, I talk about the kind of gaps, like the racial wealth gaps, and you know, the gender pay gaps, and also in the book, and, and I'm sure I've spoken about it on the podcast previously, just in terms of the amount of women who are investing and um, in comparison to men or the amount of women, for example, if we just take the example of in ISIS, you know, there's loads of women, so more men invest in stocks and shares ISIS compared to um, women who tend to invest more in cash ISIS. And, um, you know, you obviously with your experience, you get to see that firsthand, you get to see that, um, you know, through the clients that you're representing. So on that question then, oh, sorry, on that point then, so if you could describe a typical client, who were they? So a typical rain check client or a typical invest client from the investment industry from my previous life? From the, invest from the investment industry? Um, I would say that it, it, it almost, and this is the thing that's interesting, the client base almost mirrored the industry as a whole. So it was traditionally male. Okay. It was typically white European. 
and typically older. And I think, you know, again, that's something that's quite interesting. If you look at the financial advice industry in particular, and of course, financial advice is, is a, a significant component of the rain check proposition or one of the rain check propositions. And if you look at, you know, within the UK, the, the, the volume of financial advisors, I mean, somewhere in the region of uh, half, more than half would fall within, um, would be male, you know, they, they're typically male, but also the average age, you're talking something like 55 in terms of the, the age group of the average financial advisor. Now, this is not mm -hmm. to say that, um, you know, if you're a young woman that you can't necessarily relate to an older man, but the chances are that you're much more likely to be able to um, establish a rapport with, build a solid relationship with, not only somebody that perhaps share, has shared some of your, um, some of the challenges that you might face as a woman trying to break into various industries that you're, you know, it might not be just financial services. There are other aspects of business um, and the creative world that are very male dominated as well. And so speaking to someone that will be able to almost speak your language and relate to some of the challenges you face and demonstrate how she has been able to overcome those challenges can be really powerful. So the thing that I always say is, you know, representation in all aspects, and, and you will know this, Selena, as we, we would all know, as you know, the vast majority of black women that you will speak to and other ethnic minorities will be able to relate to the experience of feeling of othering and feeling like when you walk into a room, when you walk yeah. into your office floor, when you walk into meetings, you are the only one and therefore you're expected to represent your entire race um, and the challenges that are associated yeah. with that. <laughs> and, but also, you know, the feeling that, you know, you have to somehow shrink um, or that your voice is stifled and that you're unable to um, speak openly and authentically about your experiences. All of those things can ultimately hamper the extent to which you're able to achieve the goals that you set for yourself. Um, and so, it was, it, you know, when, when I think about, you know, that the average client base and that demographic, um, yeah, you know, the women that I represent through Raincheck are very, very different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what you touched upon so many <laughs> things there? <laughs> My mind is just going ding 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 ding. I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I typically. <clears throat> It just it's my background and I've spoken about it on the platform before is in kind of sales and marketing and yet there have been so many periods of time where I have been the only not not just the only female sometimes in in the team or in the room um I've also been the only the only um black yeah. person in the room as well so it, it that like when you just mentioned that I was just like yes, yes that was me yeah <laughs> um and then also about shrinking yourself as well and um, I spoke about this on a recent episode um where I think it was like NatWest Bank had released or Bank had released their um their um statistics around the uh, kind of uh, ethnicity pay gaps and what they were doing to to combat it and and one of the questions that they asked their staff was can you bring your you know do you feel like you can be your authentic self in the workplace and a lot of the stuff mm. said no and um you know again it's something that I could can really really relate to and it could just be little simple things as well you know the other day someone said to me um you know, asked me what I cooked for 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 dinner and you know in my head I was like okay I'm not <laughs> say it you know are they gonna know are they gonna know what this what this is what I'm talking about and it's so honestly and then it set off a, a whole heap of other yeah. thoughts in my head such as you know like kind of when is it okay to talk about the fact that you're from the Caribbean you know I know like when carnival yeah. comes around all of a sudden you know you're, you're talking to your your colleagues who are from a different background and and they're they might be going to carnival and then they're going to be they're telling you they're going to be talking about the they're going to be having their jerk yeah. chicken and whatnot and then it's like okay we, we can have this conversation now but 
ordinarily, ordinarily, every other, any other day of the week, we would talk about lunch and food. You know, you do kind of, kind of like, okay, shall I say yes. that? Yeah, have some, you know, yeah, you know, it's just my lunch. And exactly that, it's, it is that idea yeah. of othering. It's this feeling like. You know, all of us want to feel, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like an innate human instinct that everybody wants to feel a sense of belonging. And you know, for all of us, in the, yeah. you know, particularly, you know, for those of us in the UK, but all, all other parts of the world in which you're not necessarily part of the majority, you want to retain a, a bit your distinctive mm-hmm. sense of identity. But when you feel that that's being suppressed, then yeah. you find yourself in this state of permanent confusion. You know, how do I? And of course, and it impacts, there's like a domino effect that impacts so many other things because if you are not able to assert your true identity in the workplace, it impedes the extent to which, you, you know, yeah. quite often you're not promoted because if you're, if you're, if all of your efforts are focused on suppressing your identity, what impact does that have on your presence and visibility in the workplace? But also your work performance, all of these things must yeah. be correlated. And so it's really important that we are given the opportunities mm-hmm. and the spaces, not just to speak um, and speak up, but also to, to still develop and assert our identities without fear of um, reprisals or not getting the promotion, not getting the pay increase, all of these sorts of things too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, you make so many good <laughs> points, Davina. I, I, you know, I know. You could be here for hours. <laughs> this podcast episode could be very long. I'm known. I think Black Girl Finance podcast is known for being quite short. So <laughs> I'm going to move on to my next question because we could be here talking about this for so so long. <laughs> and do you think then um, your personal, your kind of working experience? Did it help you when it came to you managing your own personal finance? That's a really good question because I can say not as much as you might think. So, you know, when you when you asked okay. your, your previous <laughs> question about, you know, the what do the, the you know the demographic of the, the average client, you know, and we talked about the industry. I mean I think about the demographic for the average rain check clients, you know, and there are women from all different types of industries, but very ambitious, professional, you know, high-flying women, they all very much fall in to, you know, what you would consider to be a, a senior executive high-flying category. Um, and then, you know, as I say, yeah. you know, you, you're almost a mirror of the clients that you represent. And so lots of the rainmakers that mm-hmm. I attract are very similar to me. The thing that's very interesting about us all is despite mm-hmm. being, you know, you be, you'll be a high flyer and a higher earner and all of these sorts of things, even despite my industry training and background, it still took me probably until late in my 20s before I had a, a proper grasp on my finances. And it's one of those things that you can carry a lot of shame about it because you think, you know, I've worked in this industry for a really long time. But the one thing that it afforded me was the luxury of being able to spend with abandon to some degree. You know, I, I lived in London, I worked in the city, yeah. and therefore you kind mm-hmm. of, you, your spending habits, you, you start, it's almost like you start to keep, try to keep up with the Joneses. So, as your uh, as your income increases yeah. and you're paid you know bonuses and all of that kind of thing as your income increases your spending increases it's not like you're managing your spending with any mindfulness and that was very much a trap that I had fallen into so it was only when you know in my 20s when I um, had bought my first property and I'd moved into this flat and it felt like the pinnacle of you know young adult achievement um and I was yeah. so excited and then yeah. suddenly yeah. having never had yeah having never had to do it before suddenly I'm having to budget and suddenly I'm having to keep track of where my money's going because suddenly I'm yeah. paying bills and I'm not in a house share with five other people. And I'm like, well, hang on a second, Dad. What? Yeah. That's really what you spent on that? And that, no. And I literally was shocked at myself. I'm like, 
so how long has this been this is me literally having a conversation with myself and giving myself dressing down like so how long has this been going on how long have you been spending wildly on all these things and and you know literally having nothing to show for it because all of the activities now the thing is you know there is definitely something to be said for not if you have the means to spend on things that bring joy then I'm never um, a supporter of people saying I want to deprive myself of of everything even the things that make me happy because a miserable existence is not really the goal equally yeah yeah. mindless spending is a problem and that was the trap that I'd fallen into and so really you know I think once I'd taken hold of that situation myself and recognized okay dad now you've been you know you've got your stocks and shares I set and of course you have a pension and you have lots of things but I really had to kind of it was a mindset shift that was required because I already had the professional qualifications I had the training and the experience so it wasn't really about that it was just about dad you have trained your mind to believe but it's okay to just spend wildly um, and that nothing happens. So I had to now yeah. suddenly become somebody that was much better and more disciplined around my spending and to put certain systems in place to help me achieve that. So that was really, I think that was my turning point for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it, and it's so interesting then, and, uh, and it kind of sparks another question in me, going back to the, the um, point of your kind of your client, you know when you were dealing with those clients then could you see yourself in yes. them or being them or... yeah I mean I think that was the beauty of or that that is the beauty of running a business like Ranger mm. I mean we touched on um we touched very briefly briefly or I, I outlined very briefly you know about my background and, the, and why that was so important to me in building a women a business for women you know I come from a very matriarchal culture as you will know Selena Caribbean culture is very matriarchal um where what you know the yeah. men in the household mm-hmm. are um you know are strong in their own right um and authoritative and all of those sorts of things but in a very different way but what I have grown up on is seeing the women the matriarchs of the family managing the household budget um building wealth sending money back home mm-hmm. you know when you look at remittances to the Caribbean and other islands yeah. uh, you know other parts of the world you see that remittances are a significant proportion of GDP so and quite often it's the women that are driving if it's not them sending the money back home themselves, they are driving the men to make sure they're sending money back home for, to finance the family. Um, so I have grown up with that. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. for me, you know, when I was thinking of the building the business that I, you know, when I was thinking about the kind of business that I wanted to build, it was thinking, how can I reflect all of my upbringing and my heritage in a business that will serve women, um, but help them to recognize their own power? Mm-hmm. Because quite often it, in a very similar way to myself yeah. where I was like oh my gosh I'm I'm literally and I, I wouldn't have been able to put it as articulately as I've just explained about um switching from mindless spending to a more intentional mindful approach but I definitely knew that I just felt like it was a free-for-all I was completely out of control um at, but it's just that the impact felt like yeah. it was lessened because I was earning a good amount of money and I think the interesting thing the thing that I always stress when I talk to the rainmakers is and because I'm able to speak from personal experience it humanizes the business which I think is really important because you want to feel that you can relate to the person that you are ultimately doing business with and those women we are effectively building a partnership aren't we so they are my clients but we are partnering in order to help them achieve their objectives and that's very much how I see it rather than they are customers if you like and so the thing that I always stress in my conversations with them Mm -hmm. is there is no judgment in the rain check and the rainmaker community at all because 
I am somebody that has lived and breathed this for almost two decades in my career. And still, these are the traps that I fell into. And still, you know, when I went through various milestones in my life as an adult, this is what this was the impact of my finances, and this is how I have overcome some of those pitfalls that I um, that I suffered. So it's really important, I think, to be real and be human. So that I'm not standing from a position of kind of lofty judgment because I've worked in this industry. Because there are so many women that would say yeah. the same thing, despite having worked in the industry too. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, and it's 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 a really good point that you make there because I mean I deal with corporate clients, and um, so I might mm-hmm. might go in and do workshops for them around around finances, and yeah, and and it, and I've I've done workshops for banks um, as well, and and yeah, it, I, I guess um, maybe from the outside looking in as um, a person that's not within that industry. Yeah, I think maybe there is a bit of a, a, a wrong assumption that, you know, everyone that kind of works in finance and banking, yeah. you know, will know what they're doing. They'll, they'll all be amazing with money. But um, but I'll tell you, when I do, you know, do the workshops, um, you know, that's not the sense that you get. You know, the, the women that I've done the workshops for, they're kind of yeah. eager to, to know about just, you know, the money management side of things because, well, actually... Um, it, it, they, they, I don't know, maybe the, the financial lessons that maybe they are using with their corporate clients, they're not applying to their own their own finances, or or it could be that they're in the finance industry, but they're not in within that role where where they are um, kind of getting that knowledge to, again, to be able to manage their, their finances um, in the best way possible. So yeah, it's, it's, so it's quite interesting. It's one of the things that I say whenever I'm um, like speaking to, to corporate clients and, and pitching, because yeah, that sense of kind of yeah you know not knowing what to do is, is definitely, definitely real even within it's like those an industries old, it's like so. a story a really old one that i think mm-hmm. it's called the, it's about the cobbler's children or like it's an aesop's fable type thing and it's basically and it's the same it applies perfectly to mm-hmm. this um scenario which is the cobbler's children are basically you know that the father is a cobbler and he's making outstanding you know shoes for customers but his own children had no shoes because it's, it's so easy for you to focus over here and be doing yeah. something. He's building his business and selling his shoes and your children don't have shoes or the shoes have got holes in. It's the same thing here where you're just, yeah. you know, it's easy to take yeah. your eye off the ball. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that I always say with women, whether they work in this industry or not, there is a, a resulting shame, isn't there? And you touch on it in your book, for sure. There's a resulting shame that comes yeah. from feeling like, oh gosh, I'm in my 30s now, I really should know. Or even, I'm in my 20s, I should not, in my 40s, whatever the yeah. age group. Yeah. You just have this feeling like you should know. Um, and I know, you know, so I think sometimes it's quite flippant to say, oh, this should be taught in schools. Because, I mean, there are lots of things that are taught in schools. But I think there is part of the challenge isn't necessarily what you were or were not taught in school. Sometimes it's about if you look at the industry as a whole, um, and I wouldn't expect, you know, the, the average person to be trying to do a forensic analysis of the financial services industry. But you can see quite easily from the advertising, from the people that you might have seen, you know, back in the day when you used to go into a bank branch and things like that. They're not necessarily people that you can, as I say, immediately relate to. And if you can't immediately relate to them, then of course you're going to be switched off. If all of the advertising material is targeting people that are not from your background and doesn't reflect people that look like you, then you'll start to feel like, well, that's not for me. And if it's not for me, then I'm not going to engage with it. So I think yeah. that, again, is one of the things that I try to yeah. gently coax out of the women that I work with to say, you shouldn't have this shame or you should. we are not going to own shame because it doesn't yeah. belong to us. What you are doing by being here is recognising yeah. there's a gap in your mm-hmm. knowledge. 
and you are going to fill that gap in the same way as you would fill any other gap in the knowledge and that's it and then we start from that place absolutely yeah and that's such a powerful place to start from it it really really is um you know just recognizing yeah. where there are gaps and and, and empowering yourself is, is 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 a great thing so we're very lucky that Thank we've got you, 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 and you, that you do. Um, to, to get us all empowered. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, let me just see what other questions I had then. Um, so tell us about Rain Check. So what can people expect when they join um, yeah, kind so, of Rain Check? So when we first started, Rain Check, um, of course, with my background in investment management, it was really important to me. I started from the place of, I really want to get more women to invest. And you talked, you touched on, um, you know, the, the disparity between the proportion of women that invest in stocks and shares, ISAs versus cash ISAs. Um, and so really I was on a, a mission to kind of, help women understand investing. So almost kind of an investing made simple type proposition. Um, mm -hmm. So offer them financial education, but in yeah. addition to offer them qualified and regulated financial advice, because from my research, one of the things, you know, it's the same as anything mm -hmm. else. If you have a specific objective in mind that you're striving towards, getting good quality professional um, guidance is really powerful in helping you achieve that. And I know, you know, if you look to the state, mm -hmm. The states are typically much farther ahead when it comes to paying for professional expertise. They're much more um, open to that idea. I think in the UK, there's still, you know, there's still yeah. some reluctance Absolutely. around, particularly when it comes to money, paying for someone and also feeling like, um, you know, I don't want to tell a stranger my business. And especially within the black community and women yeah. have this yeah. feeling like, you know, money, um, any conversation around money, it's a very intimate conversation. So my mission was to help to kind of destigmatize the idea of having money conversations with strangers, but do so by bridging women with qualified and regulated female financial advisors. So that was a, a really important part of the proposition. So all people that had signed up to a, a membership would get mm -hmm. two sessions with their financial advisor and then monthly masterclasses, which I and um, a handful of subject matter experts would run so that they're able to build up their financial knowledge themselves in a DIY basis. And this, oh, sorry. And then this year, I mean, we launched, oh, sorry, go on. this year we launched our <laughs> no, Rainmakers Academy, um, which was always in, going to be a natural evolution to the business. So that in addition to serving clients in the UK and the Middle East, which is what the current the original proposition was able to do, we were able to reach women globally. Because the one thing that I recognised uh, or started to realise over the, the, the first two years of business was that investing wasn't the only challenge that women had when it came to their money. It was some of the other things that we've talked about, you know, the mindset and unblocking some of those um, limiting beliefs that we, we might have inherited from childhood or elsewhere. Um, yeah. Generally just having a solid grasp of some of the principles underpinning how we build financial resilience, um, how we should prioritize and how we should focus um, in order to achieve our goals, but also how we should think about building sustainable long-term wealth. And this is a thing that you'll hear me talk about quite a lot now because Originally, we were talking about taking control of your financial future. And what I wanted to do was be very specific about what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. We are trying to build sustainable long-term wealth. It has to be long-lasting and it has to be over the long-term, um, particularly in a world mm -hmm. when we've got Instagram influencers leaping out everywhere, talking about how they can generate six figures in a month and all. And it, it, make, it really makes women panic because I hear, hear from them all the time telling me that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that's yeah. the offering. The Rainmakers Academy is our brand yeah. new global monthly membership that is designed to help women do all of that build the knowledge and the mindset and the resources um, to build that wealth 
Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. <laughs> it's just amazing what you were doing before, but I think the academy Thank has you. taken you to a whole another level. So I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. Um, I want to talk about just something that you've touched upon previously. I know you, you do kind of IG lives and I've seen you talk about it previously. And that was the fact that um, I know that you mentioned having to kind of push through when you've experienced negativity so I, I, I know that you've told a story about someone saying to you oh I don't want to get advice from a from a woman yeah um, yeah previously I don't know if you recall that story <laughs> that you've, you've shared yeah you, you, you've spoken about it um um so I, I just want to bring it up because you know quite honestly when I first floated the idea of black girl finance to <clears> to to someone I got I didn't get told I okay you know why why would women you know take advice from women or whatever or I don't need to take advice from from other women but I did get the idea that the kind of sense of mm-hmm. oh, just not needed why, why would you you know women can go and speak to anybody that they want you know so I remember that but I just wanted to ask so you know if you tell your yeah of what course. your experience was if you don't mind sharing that and then how did you kind of power through it to to kind of keep going what made you just continue um, on your your business yeah journey, no it's a good question I think um so I think I mean starting with the story then so it was always it was really important to me like I, I'm someone that is very analytical when whenever I'm about to embark on something I mean building a business was an ambition that I'd harbored for a really long time but before I started it I really wanted to do my research and I really wanted to establish is there is this a problem that you've just created in your mind? And actually it just applies to you, Davin, there's no, there is no market for this at all. Yeah. Or actually, are there women out there that are crying out for this? So I did some surveys, I did focus groups, I did one-to-one interviews. And the vast majority, I mean, it was obviously an overwhelmingly positive response from women saying, Dav, really, I could do with some help, but I, would, there's just no, I wouldn't know where to go. Um, there is no one really that I could trust and I don't have the time. I don't have the time to spend, you know, researching this. So um if there was something that was put together then absolutely I would be interested and that really gave me the spur to go on there were a small minority of people and I would say there were maybe no more than five but it it was enough of a strong message for me to really pause and reflect on it and there was someone in particular who had said to me and actually it was a woman and she was really she she articulated it very vulgarly um but essentially she said yeah, do you remember? Okay. Yeah, do you know yeah. when I was writing the question, I remember. I remember. I was yeah. thinking, did they just say I don't yes, speak to her? Or did they describe the part? <laughs> I know this is the thing. I'm like, what, what can I say on the podcast? Say? I'm like, what a take from that woman. But she basically said to me, so first she was like, so because I've got a vagina, does that mean? that I'm only willing, that I'm only good enough to take advice from another woman. And if the proposition is uh, coloured in pink and tied in a boat, like she really went for it. Like she just went to such extreme. I was like, you, I can't even take this feedback seriously because you've gone to such extremes to articulate it. Um, but there was that woman. And then there was, and then to be yeah. fair, there was somebody else who said, I'm a bit concerned that you are um, making, that you are going to polarise the conversation, that if we are trying to promote inclusion, that if you try and create a proposition that's distinctly, mm. distinctively female, that you're effectively saying that uh, female finance related mm. challenges are different from everybody else's um, and that you are going to, it, it almost hampers progress because effectively you are saying to the rest of the industry, it's okay, you don't need to bother trying to include us because we're going to do something for ourselves over here. And I did have to pause the effect on it because the person that had shared that is somebody that's generally mm. quite thoughtful and um, considered. Yeah, 
yeah it sounds like a thoughtful reply and response and you know you know exactly. I mean I mean there exactly. are interesting points definitely. in that you know let me take yeah. it away and have a think about mm-hmm. it and my response to them I came back to them and said if you think about any strides that are taken in anything where a group of people have been marginalized or excluded first before you have inclusion they have to create something mm-hmm. themselves to demonstrate that they are that their voices are valid that their challenges are valid and that this is the way that they want to be treated. This is the way they want to be communicated with. And until that happens, the industry are not going to take notice because if they were going to take notice, mm-hmm. they would have done so up to this point. Um, the argument about the market being too small, which was one, an argument that yeah. I just dismissed completely out of hand, to say that the half the UK population, yeah. more than half, and if you look across the world, um, it's not even a, an argument yeah. that has any merit. So I was like, well, that doesn't make sense at all. Um, the other thing to say, yeah. you know, again, I mean, you have a marketing background, so I know that this will particularly um, resonate with you, but you know, the idea of there's something about niche, there is something about being really focused and specific about the pain point. I, we, I'm not, rain check is not, is not, rain check cannot help everyone. Rain check cannot even help every woman. In my first year of doing a, a business, I used to do every single prospect call, for example. First of all, it's not like I, I had hundreds of calls every day, but it was a really useful exercise for me to kind of speak to all the women, yeah. They could understand my background, understand what the business was about. It also helped them to help us to establish a relationship of trust. But it was really a useful way of me being able to help women understand mm-hmm. whether this proposition is the right one for them. And for some of them, I said, my ambition is to launch something that is a more flexible yeah. monthly proposition that doesn't have the financial advice component as part of it. Because for some women, then they're not at the financial advice stage yet. And that's what the academy is designed for. Um, but what I realized in yeah. doing that, mm-hmm. having those conversations is that women really responded well to having the one-to-one conversation some of the you know people would share very personal and private aspects of their life with me you must have had this experience too and it made me think even if I only serve 10 women yeah that's still 10 women better off and those 10 women there's a ripple effect isn't it if you what do they say if you educate a woman you educate a village so that impact of that and the multiplier Mm -hmm. effects was significant Mm -hmm. enough for me to say I'm still going to do it I think the other thing about the negative you know overcoming mindset blocks is I have a very willful personality. <laughs> so when I make up my mind that I'm going to do something, and this is not willful, you know, there's kind of willful um, without reason. Now, if I had uh, a substantive evidence that this was, that there wasn't a market yeah. and it wasn't going to help anyone, then I wouldn't do it. But if just because you decide, oh, it's not for me, that doesn't mean that it's not for everyone. So yeah there you go absolutely not everyone's going to be your customer yeah. if you've got a business out there not everyone is going to be your customer <laughs> um so hey ho <laughs> but no you, you yeah absolutely you make so many good points and that's the thing as well because I I kind of get asked so you know but it's just for women and then someone told me the other day about the book oh, someone said oh. you know why is it kind of you know black girl finance and yeah. I mean it's, it's it's all of those reasons that you, you mentioned and absolutely I am you know like I said I, I I didn't just start you know I didn't just think okay one day I'm just going to launch a platform for women I kind of took the time to look at the data look at the mm-hmm. you know the, the gender pay gap the ethnicity pay gap the racial wealth gap you know I did the research and also there's research in the book and so it makes sense and I did I did a, a similar thing I kind of did a yeah. you know a survey just to get that feedback you know would you be interested in this how would you you know how would you absorb this information what's the best way to present the information to you etc and um yeah so I you know as much as I could I tried to launch from a, a position of data and information it wasn't just a case of okay I'm just gonna 
put this out there and see but but equally similar to you when you do put something out there and you get the responses um that gives you a feel that gives you you know it lets you know if your idea is is, is valid um really and truly and um so yeah I, I, I totally get it I totally get and and like I said, um, <laughs> you said you're quite willful I'm the same and like you said and it's not in that it's yeah. not in that way of you know no one no one can't tell me nothing or you know like you said if the data doesn't show it, it's good you, you're just going to blind you know blindly just go forward anyway although you know you know exactly or learn anyway <laughs> um, and 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 turn the road around or whatever do you know what I mean and there's nothing wrong with that but um yeah you know that kind of having just having just knowing what you want I guess is super important and just having that determination to just see it through and and see the outcome and and you know if it works brilliant exactly. amazing if well, it doesn't exactly. then you just move something. on it's not the end of the world <laughs> to launch something <laughs> yeah mm -hmm um <laughs> just final questions because this like i said this episode is probably going to be the longest one for 2021 <laughs> um in terms of like I, I, on the platform i talk a lot about culture actually no you may have answered this question before around kind of you know you said about the the um, matriarchy your family being you know yeah. the women um you know taking charge of the money and so on and so forth so i think i've already asked that question to be fair um yeah, I mean, if you could give the listeners kind of a, a top tip or your top maybe two tips um, on kind of I handling think, their money. Um, what would my it two be? tips for right now, I mean, at the time of recording, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. Um, and I think we can apply a lot of pressure to ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of us will be um, under financial strain. And the one thing that I always stress, irrespective of the time, is that, you know, as women, we need to focus mm -hmm. on what we can control. Um, and right now, one thing that we can control is, you know, where our money is going, you know, how we're spending our money. So it doesn't mean, you know, when I talked before about my uh, switch mm -hmm. or transition from mindless spending to mindful spending, and by mindless spending, it doesn't even necessarily mean that you're going out spraying champagne. It's like we can go out and spray champagne anyway in the club now, um, but like, you know, the virtual equivalent of whatever yeah. that would be. Yes. But it's <laughs> yeah. mindless in the sense that, you, you know, when you look at your account, money is coming out for different things and you you didn't know you you know so you might get an alert on your phone saying paypal has deducted 15 pounds and you're thinking what's that for i think the first thing that, we, that i would encourage people to do particularly now is to, is to, yeah. to know whenever you get one of those alerts you you can immediately associate it with a specific uh purchase that you have entered into willingly and knowingly and you're happy with it and you're good with it yeah or it's something that you know about and you're no longer happy with it and you cancel it but either mm -hmm. way, it's mindful in that sense. So I would always say any systems that you can use to facilitate yeah, that, you know, yeah. any apps, as I say, I get those alerts on my phone. Um, so if you have apps that you use to, to help with that, that I think is one of the most powerful things that you can do. Um, another thing is making sure that, you know, again, mm -hmm. particularly given the time, you know, I, all, I will always want to talk about investing. I will always want to talk about pensions. But the thing that I would stress is, you know, in a time of financial strain or when we're focusing on heightened financial control if there if there's any area that we're able to save money right now it might be through travel for example if you know if you're working from home rather than that money being gobbled up in something else before you have a chance to um, allocate it make sure that you're adding you're just shoring up boosting up your emergency saving fund I always talk about rainy day fund as one of the financial foundations yeah. and I think now is a chance yeah. for lots of us 
to boost that up. You know, not everybody's under immense financial strain. Some people are, and then it's, it's really about that focus and control. But if you are somebody that is, you might actually find yeah. yourself in a, a bit of a period of abundance just because some of your expenses have been cut from going to work. Um, and while we're in that period of abundance, just make sure that that money is being moved across really swiftly to um, your savings and investment account, I think. But the other thing, I mean, my final thing would be, yeah. if there is one thing that brings you joy, and it requires you to spend money and you have the ability to do it, spend the money. Now is the time to spend the money as well. So it's about the control and the discipline, but yeah. just mindful spending, I think, is, is the mm -hmm. central message across it all. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my goodness, Davina. I, I know. honestly talk to you for hours and hours and hours. One thing we, I probably need to get you back on to talk about because um, oh. I did an episode around housing and getting on the property ladder. And one of the things that came up, one of the um, guests mentioned was the, was the fact that, you know, and, and I think we spoke about this before recording, uh, was the fact that, you know, and it's, it's something that I mentioned in the book, mm. you know, where do, where do we want to, to retire? Where do we want to end up living in the future? Because I feel like sometimes... Um, you know we typically assume that everyone is coming over here working really no. hard to just to retire <laughs> over here but that's not the case so we're gonna have to talk yes. we're gonna have to get you on Davina to talk yes. about your recent move <laughs> to the lovely <laughs> island of St Kitts um so we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do another podcast episode so that you guys can know um you know about Davina and her moves that she's making because you know literally before we started recording this episode I was blown away I said to Davina oh okay we, we just had a general chit chat and she dropped in the fact that she had moved and I was like thinking okay so she's not in London um you know maybe she's in Birmingham or Manchester um but no she had moved to St Kitts she has moved to St Kitts so we're gonna talk <laughs> about that <laughs> and literally my mind was blown so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try and create an episode around that another podcast episode but thank you so so much for um you know doing today's show you've dropped so many good gems and um, if people wanted to find out more about you know the rain Rain Check Academy, what are yeah. your social handles? The main sure place is Instagram, yeah, let, let so you know. can find us at Rain Check, so Rain CHQ, um, and we're generally quite good on DMs, but if not, then feel free to email me. You can visit the website, so raincheck.com, or just email me, Zavinia at raincheck. Amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for so, having so me. Again, okay, take care. <laughs> Bye. Hi everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Davinia from The Rain Check. Make sure you check out The Rain Check Academy and Rain Check and her platform. She's doing amazing things for women when it comes to their finances, helping them to build long-term financial wealth. And um, just to apologise, I kept on saying Davina at the end. So apologies, Davinia. I'm so, so sorry. Um, it's Davinia. And just to say, if you like the podcast, please make sure you subscribe. Also, we have Black Girl Finance Fest coming up. So check out www.blackgirlfinancefest.co.uk for information. Um, Davinia is actually one of our panellists as well. So we have her. We have some other amazing panellists. It's 13 UK Black British women talking about all things money. So make sure you check out the panellists, check out the website and book yourself a ticket. It's the day before Mother's Day. So it may even be a nice Mother's Day treat. I'm going to say and also you know we have been nominated for an award um, with the black 
sorry, the British Banking Awards, and we've been nominated in the influencer category. So again, on our website or on the link in Instagram, there is uh, somewhere for you to vote for us in the influencer category. So yeah, make sure you support and yeah, check us, check everything out. Um, everything that we're doing is available in the bio of Instagram. There's also the Black Girl Finance website, which links to the festival. And yeah, reach out to us if you have any questions. Have a great week, guys. Bye.